0: Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Hey, we're glad you decided to join us here in the loft this morning. If you're new with us, uh, you you just jumped into the uh, sort of the middle, the second part of, of a series called He Is. And as we start to celebrate this Christmas season, it's just awesome to just to worship, and I, I hope and pray that that worship moment we just had just a minute ago was was maybe the moment of a heartbeat coming alive for Christ. And so I just pray that God just starts to move you this morning in a way that completely changes Christmas for you during 2016. Uh, and so as we just start to just dive into Christmas, I just want to throw out an advertisement real quickly. Uh, Christmas Eve Eve is a couple weeks away. And if you don't know what Eve Eve is, it's December 23rd. It's the night before Christmas Eve. And so, uh, but up here, basically what it represents for us is a night to literally focus and praise God and worship with our community, invite our friends and family in, and we hope and pray that you're doing that. And you can do that simply by jumping on our website and clicking some of these tickets that are going. There's two services. There's a 7 o'clock and there's an 845. Uh, and there's childcare from third grade and below. So, hey, we just want you to be a part of that and see where God leads us during this Christmas Eve-Eve opportunity to make Jesus' name famous for our community. But that's only going to take, you know, your efforts and your ability to get out and, and, and literally share that wealth of knowledge. Uh, Facebook does a wonderful job. But, hey, we need your help, and so we're asking for that in that way. Uh, it could change somebody's life forever. And I, I, they, the team has been practicing already, and so we're excited about what's to come. And so as we dive into Christmas, right, um, I, think, I think movies uh, play a huge role into Christmas. And some of my favorite movies literally of all time, and maybe it's one of yours as well, but there's this old movie called A Wonderful Life. Yeah, you're kind of weak this morning. I'm just letting you know, you guys, that was very weak. I mean, the the worship was up here, but that was really weak. Okay. Uh, But yeah, wonderful life where George Bailey, right, uh, gets to see what a bell ring. And what happens when the bell rings? An angel gets his Oh, you've seen it before. Okay, so we're, we're in the same boat. Uh, an angel gets its wings. And, and I don't know how many times I've seen this, but man, TBS, TB, you know, all, the, all these other T words, they show this movie over and over and over again. Uh, and it's pretty cool uh, because you just know an angel is getting his wings somewhere. I mean, the more it plays, the better off we are, I think, you know, some days. Um, because you just don't see those little bells on doors anymore. They got the little chimes, bing, you know, it's kind of different. But, hey, uh, what about this movie? Uh, I think there's this movie, you know, where it just sort of just allows us to be a part of everything, and you've seen it probably a million times, because there's a couple of things that start showing it right now, all the way to Christmas. Uh, And it's where, you know, this movie, this guy gets a gun, and if he shoots his... Oh, yeah, so you've seen the movie, Christmas Story, right? Ralphie, Ralphie's going to shoot his eye out, you know? It's a Red Ryder BB gun with four, you know, I can't say it, but you know the story, right, right? Um, And these are just some of my favorite movies, and maybe they are you, but man, I remember watching this movie as a kid, uh, and I, I just literally remember watching it with my father, and it's where Kevin gets to stay home Alone, that's right. Yeah, you know, he home alone, it's just, ah, Kevin! You know, it's just awesome. I, I think I like it because of all the, 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 you know, just the funniness that goes on in there. But man, you want to get a laugh this Christmas? I invite you to come to my mom's house, even though, you know, I'm, I'm doing this in front of everybody. But you come and put this movie on with my dad, and you will pee in your pants. I mean, he... Laugh so hard. He's watched this thing a hundred times, but I'm serious. You will, you will love just the experience of watching somebody else watch a movie. Uh, and then there's my favorite movie, Yeah, you know it. All right, Buddy the Elf, you know, because I'm singing, I'm singing, I'm in a store and I'm singing. You know, there's nothing greater than singing in the middle of a store or dressing up as Buddy the Elf and get ready, Danville, because Buddy is alive this week. So if you see me walking around, I'm just letting you know, it's going to be a fun time in Danville, especially in the post office. You never know what happens. You might break out in the dance, you know, and start doing these things. But it's just awesome and I love movies and I think they play a wonderful part Part of where we're at in life, especially because it draws us into the Christmas season and the main reason why we celebrate life, the main reason why we celebrate Christmas. It's it's, it's this this whole idea of wonderful counselor, which we learned last week. This whole idea of wonderful life really jumpstarts us into this wonderful counselor. And today we're going to continue with mighty God. But next week, I want to draw you in to what's happening next week. Next week, we're going to look at the everlasting father and i hope you plan on being here and maybe pulling somebody else with you because i believe we all need, need to hear the plan of an everlasting father you see in the hebrew phrase it literally means the father of eternity you didn't you i mean you need to hear that the 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 plan is a father for eternity everlasting father This speaks to the purpose of his coming because he is before, above, and beyond time. And he is the the possessor, the holder, the gatekeeper of eternity. And I just want to be with a father who loves me. And next week I hope and pray that you come and listen to that message and come with openness because I I guarantee it, it could change the meaning of Christmas for you and for me. But right now, today, we literally are in part two of this wonderful series called He Is. And if you have your Bibles, you can take those out. Or if you've got your smartphones, turn those on and go to the Bible app or the green, you know, the olive tree. Or there's some Bibles in the back if you need one. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Uh, that's, that's where we're going to be starting today, and that's where we were last week. And this is actually a prophecy of Jesus' birth. And, and this was prophes- prophesied over 700 years before his birth. And the scripture reads like this in Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, for to us a child is born, and that's talking about Jesus And to us, us, a son, a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called, what would he be called? What was it again? He will be called what? Wonderful Counselor. That was last week. Today, he will be called what? Come on, say it with me, church. Mighty God. Yes, Mighty God. And he will be called Everlasting Father next week. And he will be called Prince of Peace, Eve, Eve. You see, I love talking about my God. Every chance I get, it seems like I'm going to tell you how great and mighty my God is. And so today we're going to talk about a mighty, mighty God, and his name is Jesus. And the word mighty God literally can be translated from the Hebrew word that looks hopefully like this. You know, some of you are like, I don't know what that means. Well, that's what it means right there beside it. And literally, it's, it's and the funny part about this, I was in some small group study stuff with some other people, and, and this girl's name is, and I won't tell her who she is, but her name is, is Gibby. And so when I saw, you know, and I started doing my stuff, and I'm like, look, we're talking about her. But no, it's seriously, it's gibber L. gibber L. The translation literally means mighty, great, powerful, noble, splendid, glorious, heroic, courageous, brave, omnipotent. Almighty, mighty. Now, I don't know if you've caught all those words or not, but I'm telling you, just put them all into one thing, pure awesomeness, okay? You can hashtag it for the younger guys. Tweet it out. That's what it means. That's what we're talking about. El Gibber, the mighty God, the picture of God. You need to sort of picture God as a mighty champion. I know some of you know Michael Phelps, but he ain't got nothing on this. He is a warrior, and as much as I love Braveheart, he ain't got nothing on him. He is a hero, and as much as I love Superman, Gibberele is way mightier and way stronger and way more victorious you see, growing up in this community uh, right here in Danville, Kentucky, um, I, I was able to be a part of just, you know, cartoons and everything else, and, and maybe you were too, but I remember this word mighty, and this didn't come into my vocabulary early on, I can tell you that for sure. You know, I didn't think of many things mighty, but the one thing that I did think that was mighty is some of the cartoons that I watched. And there was one guy that particular would go like this, and his name was Mighty Mouse. Yeah, some of you show my age a little bit, but man, Mighty Mouse was awesome. He could do things Mickey Mouse couldn't, bottom line. I just It's what he could do and how he just loved and, and just, just just brought the world together through his might. And then there was some, you know, if I transitioned a little bit, and I never got into these guys, but I know they were around. I really didn't like them. They were the Mighty Morphin Power. Yeah, see, some of you like these guys. I don't, but I'm just being honest, okay? I'm not gonna lie to you this morning. But these other guys I was really into, they were the, they were the, they were the, the mighty Avengers. You know, they get their Avengers, but then there's the mighty ones. And I just thought that was just kind of cool to understand that we, we have cartoons that draw us into this word. But then there's so many scriptures that really refer to how mighty God is. And I pray today you understand what we're talking about. It has nothing to do with, with some of these little mighty things. It's so much more. It's so much more. And I don't know if you grew up in church or not. You see, I did. And I was, I was a church boy from literally probably, my mom's here, I'm going to guess week one. You know, week one, I was there in church. And I grew up in mission friends, RAs, Royal Ambassadors, youth groups. And, and while I was in those groups, I physically can remember singing all sorts of songs and, and being in charge of Christmas songs and, and plays and even songs like, you know, I'm in the Lord's army. You know, make me what you ought to be. And, and, you know, Father Abraham and many so I remember singing all these songs, and they got motions. Every single song's got motions, you know. And, and you know, there's maybe, maybe, maybe I can just draw you in with this one, maybe, but the song like this. Yes, the B I B L E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand up on the Word of God. See, you went to church too. All right, so, you know, it's the B I B L E. It's the book that's good for me. You see, but there was another song that I remember, and for the life of me, I can't remember why I remember these songs. Maybe it's just because of the motions, you know. Uh, But I remember singing this song, and it went like this. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Now, there's some motions that go with this. And, you know, I don't know if those are real motions that go with the song or if the person in charge just to like, you know, just sort of did motions to make sure all the kids were doing motions while they are up on stage to make the kids look greater or better or, you know, more prettier or the song covers up the song. But as a six foot eight bald guy that's 30 some years old, I'm not going to do the motions. But I do know them. And it's kind of neat that, you know, we, we're talking about a mighty God. This mighty God we serve, can anybody agree to that? Can anybody give me an amen? A mighty God that we serve, if he's so so mighty, why are we so little sometimes in our faith? Why are we so stagnant or sterile in telling about our mighty God? How come we are not bold enough to walk across the room and tell what he's done for us this week? It's a bold question. You see, some of the moments for me when I just see how just mighty he really is, when I stand outside in his creation. And I know I have kids and, and I have a wife, a beautiful wife, with child, M4s on its way. But when I get to look around and I walk up and down, think about this. When I walk up and down the beach all alone in the morning, and when I walk at my summer camps that I run, and, at Fort Caswell, North Carolina, I I can't help but just worship God and see his creation when the sun rises over the ocean. Or even last year when the snow drifted in over two foot deep and I walked outside and I was standing there kind of cold, but I saw my breath and seeing the snowflakes fall. I mean, this week it snowed and I just had to pause and just got into the Christmas moment just a little bit more. I believe Christmas is coming, yes. But I also believe winter is here. And I can't help but see his fingerprints all over it. And maybe you, you've done the same on a sunrise or sunset. Maybe it's in the snow. Or maybe when you look up at the sky and you see these stars light up the galaxies. And you just appreciate the creator of the universe, our mighty God. That's who we're talking about today. He breathed those into existence just by opening his mouth. That's our mighty God. And if you don't know him, I pray you lean in and listen to the word of God. And so Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah is found in the Old Testament. and Jeremiah it literally, uh, he crafted some scriptures that talks about how great God is and how mighty God is. And you'll find this passage of Scripture in Jeremiah 32 verse 17. Jeremiah verse 32, uh, chapter 32, verse 17. And, it, and it's interesting because it starts off with this word called "awe." A-H. Awe. Now, if you really dive into this and you start to literally understand the Hebrew word and its meaning, how it sort of translates, it's almost like a painful groan. It comes from down here, the bowels. You know, it's like it's like that moment when you see the gas prices jump from 1.99 to 2.75 in one day. (laughs) Now, you with me? You with me? All right, so. And then the next morning, they're back down to 199 Can anybody explain that to me today? Thank you. No, no, can I get an amen? We're, all right. Uh, what about this one? All right. So your wife, not saying this happened, you say your wife tells you to go get the Legos on sale before Black Friday, but you choose, no, we'll just wait a little bit. And now you go to the store, and they're not even there. That's an oh. How are you going to tell her? You know, you just pray the eBay's got them. That's all you do, you know. You cover up that receipt very well. So, uh, not saying I did that. But, we're in confession. Hey, don't judge my pastor. Don't judge judge your pastor. All right? It's like, ah. It's like, ah. And I want you to say that with me this morning. Come on. Say, ah. All right. Now we're knocking. So now you can walk back and say, I said Hebrew today. Ah. You know? And so, uh, it's it's like a painful ah. And 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 I heard you guys have said this before when you just walk in the room sometimes. You look across the room, and you're like, "Oh, he's here again." Or you know you're just like, "Ah." Oh. But that's how it started off. This is this verse literally in motion, verse 17. And it says, "Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power." And was it say, church? Come on? outstretched arms." nothing nothing is too hard for you nothing is too hard for the mighty god you see maybe you came into the loft today and you've got problems and maybe your marriage is a mess during this christmas season maybe you forgot to buy the legos Let me tell you something. Nothing is too hard for my mighty God. And maybe you lost your job this week or your business is going under and you don't know where to turn to. Let me tell you to turn to a mighty God. No matter how bad it looks, let me tell you, nothing is too hard for God. Maybe the doctor has given you some information about an illness and it's terminal. Let me tell you today, nothing, nothing, and I mean it, nothing is too hard for God. God is the almighty, mighty God, and he is all-powerful, and he is almighty. He is mighty. He is gibber-el. You see, there are some characteristics that come alongside this. The characteristics of God, I, I want to just enlighten you. Maybe some of you know it. If you, especially if you've been in church, hopefully you know it. But let me, let me just allow you to understand this right here. The Latin word for awe, that awe, is omni. The Latin word for this awe is omni. And omni describes something, some of his characteristics. Firstly, this. If taking notes, here you go. God is omniscient. He really is. I mean, he is just so omniscient. And now that 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 means that God knows everything, he knows everything. The Bible says he actually knows your thoughts. And some of you are in trouble right now because you're thinking something bad. And I can't understand a word that the pastor's saying. And you're thinking. I wonder what's on, you know, is, is today the meal at Cracker Barrel with the country fried chicken? That is so good. You're thinking those things. Or what about tomorrow's school? Or oh, wait a minute, the exam that's due, the paper. Somebody agrees. <laughs> or maybe you're mad because we ran out of donuts in the lobby and you didn't get one. You see, it's it's like this. This is a better way to explain this. And since, my, again, my mom, I'm pointing her out a lot today, but I'm not meaning to. It just sort of flew this way. But imagine, like, I grew up, and we, we were a party of three, and, and no matter what we did, she could be sitting at the kitchen sink with her head and back to us, but she knew everything that we did. And then she knew if we were lying to cover it up. I mean, she knew it. it was like She was just like God in some ways, but God is ten times greater. He's omniscient. He is mighty. And God is also omnipresent. God is everywhere. Here's what amazes me. right now, uh, at every church around the world, there's some people gathering in Africa, Asia, Central America, down under Australia, to Texas, California, to New Jersey. Even right here in Kentucky, we have church plants that are alongside our journey, just like what we're doing. But other people who are doing one thing, they're worshiping the God of the presence. Omnipresent. He is almighty. He is with us. God's presence is everywhere. God is mighty. His omnipresence simply blows me away. He is everywhere all the time. God is omnipresent. He is breathtaking when we start to see him this way. And another characteristic of God, if you don't know it, is is omnipotent. And God can do anything. This living word is full of signs and wonders and miracles that God has done. There is nothing that is too hard for God. God is almighty. God is all powerful and he can do anything yet often I know in here and I really do this as well I I know it and I read it but I've got to be honest with you today. Sometimes I just don't see it. I look at the world and and it's just full of pain and suffering and some of my friends they go through hurtful things and there's there's a world full of wars and, and famine and And people go off to the Middle East and sometimes never go back. And I've had family do that. And I hear and I see the news that people are going through, especially with the country that we live in now, even in our own cities. And I'm thinking, God, where is your power? God, where is your power? I even look into my own life. And being a pastor, people come to me looking for answers. And I'm just looking. I'm looking at God and going, where's your power? Where's it at? Because I ain't got an answer. I can't heal them. I can just point them to you, but where are you at? You see, I know a couple that, that are simply amazing here in town that, that the husband gets diagnosed with cancer right after the, the birth of their first child. I have friends of mine who lost their business and they go bankrupt, and, and people who have had miscarriage after miscarriage, after miscarriage, and I'm just thinking, God, where is your power? I had a beautiful lady bump into me one day into a copier room in a school. And now she's a partner of Centerpoint Church. And it's crazy, this crazy story of how we met, but this journey of faith allows me to tell you that these families, these stories are real about a little baby girl who battled cancer to the point of death, and some of you have been praying over it. And I remember asking God, Where is your power? And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and I'm thinking, Where is it? God, show off, show up. You're mighty. Why does this have to happen to a little 13 year old girl? All the suffering, all the pain, especially to one of your children. And now, what do I, what do I want to tell you? <laughs> Those prayers that were lifted up prove to me that a mighty God does exist and we serve the ones who, that the angels bow down and serve. The, the Gibrael because he removed that cancer from that little girl and now she's cancer free. What a beautiful Christmas that they're going to have for their family. And just to be able to start to share that story. There's so many more that we've been a part of. But sometimes I just still ask the simple question, where is your power, God? Come on, I need more of it. I want to to see you get the credit where only you can get the credit for. It ain't man, it ain't medicine. It's you. But see, maybe in your life today, you're asking the same questions. God, where's your power? Where's the power? Maybe you're in a real tough situation or road where your relationship, your friendships, your life, and Christmas is even making it even more worse because you can't seem to reconcile and you've got problems. You've got marital problems, you've got bliss. And you're thinking, God, where are you at? Maybe you have had a dream for something to happen and it hasn't happened yet. And you're saying, God, where is your power? Well, today we are going on a journey of God's word as we sort of round the corner. Because I'm telling you, Jesus' power is real. We just may not see it. Or we may not want to see it. So for the first spiritual truth is this. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Jesus' power is at work within you, whether you know it or not. Jesus' power is at work in you. You see, in Philippians 2, uh, 13, uh, Paul writes to the Christians in in Philippi. He says, for God is working, for God eh, who is at work in you to, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is working in you, giving you the desires or the power to do what? Who pleases Him. It pleases Him. I mean, when I first became a Christian, I thought this whole Christian life was with with God and with Jesus was about me and and, and Him. To make my life easier, to be honest, I'm just going to be completely transparent here. I thought He was going to be my force, my protector take all my problems away, and I thought I was going to to basically retire on the island, drinking, you know, just a little uh, sippy cup, you know, whatever. That's just what I envisioned. Enjoying life to its fullest, kicking back and enjoying the ride. And that would be the easiest life that I, I could imagine. And right after I figured out who Jesus was in my life, Literally, tragedy came my way in the aspect of a horrible accident that actually caused some great pain in my life and my family's life. And now it resulted—you know—I only have nine toes, well, nine and a half if you're being truthful. So it was those moments of clarity, but it seriously it altered my visions of who God was because I doubted His power. I thought I wasn't supposed to get hurt anymore, God. I thought you were—you were supposed to be my force, my God, my protector. You see, God's power was not to make my life easy. God's power was, was to work in me. And scripture says to change me from the inside out. To take me from being selfish, self-centered, into someone who is Christ-like with love, compassion, and peace, and patience, and gentleness, and self-control. And those fruits of the Spirit are wonderful because I know I don't have them all yet, but he's still working on me. You see, God's power is real. We just don't see it sometimes. God's power is working within us, within us. The accident allowed me to tell my story in ways I could have never imagined. He, he gave me the, the platform on sports mission teams to literally go around the world to Russia and other countries in Poland and tell of literally why a white man can dunk with nine toes, Being honest, I saw people come to know Christ because I I, I can't dunk, but I did that day. Just being truthful. It was literally the ability to share a story of Christ through me because he was working in me. Now maybe for you, you don't see God's power yet. Maybe you just don't see it. You you think everyone else gets all the breaks, right? Right? You think I get all the breaks? You think someone sitting on your road, you can look down your road, and you, they get all the breaks. They got all the money. They got everything. Maybe someone else gets the promotion, and you just got passed up. Maybe today you think that God has just put you on the shelf, like you know the elf, and, and you've forgotten about you. And nothing seems to to be happening. And you, and you think, where is God's power in my life? And you don't see it. Well, let me tell you, God's power is real. Jesus' his power is working in you to change you from the inside out and, and allow you to become more like him and to become more like Christ. And this is what I want you to know, another point. Jesus' power is working in you. He's working in you. Jesus' power, if you're taking notes, write this down, is working for you now. He's working for you. In Isaiah chapter 40, 29, 30, 30 31, it says this. The Bible says, uh, this is Isaiah the prophet, a great man of wisdom. And he says this. He says, he gives strength to the weary, and he increases he increases the power of the who? The weak. The weak. Because it says, even youth grow tired and weary. Now, to use this in the Hebrew word, uh, this, this word, this, this whole word right here we're talking about, is basically about, like, imagine like an Olympia, uh, Olympian athlete. The best of the best. Even the best grow tired and weak. And it goes on to say, young men, they stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, what do they do? They renew. See, where are you putting your hope in? A lot of us put a hope in a lot of things that just vanish. We put hope in things of this world, hoping it's going to turn out differently the last time. The last time I checked that, that's the definition of what? Insanity. Very good. It's crazy to think that we could do something the same way and turn out differently. But if you put your hope into the Lord, he will renew your strength. The rest of the verses mount up on wings like eagles. My favorite verse. You'll walk and run, not go weary from here on out. I'm telling you, who are you putting your hope into? Maybe this hits home for you today. You're weary, you're, you're tired, you're fried, you are worn out. It took everything you did, everything you got, every little last mustard seed, just to get to the loft today, to get the kids in the car, to get here, because you got problems. You're weary, you're worn out. It's coming towards the end of the year, and, and man, you're just, you're just fried, you're, you're bedazzled. The good news is God gives strength and power to the weary. Even in planning this church, the times in the first couple of years when, when, when me and God wrestled and I had a yellow match with God, and he won, by the way, I was still weary. I was worn and I was tired. But but. but I placed everything I had into him. I trusted him and his great name alone because at the end of the day, that was the only thing I had left. And that was the only thing I had left. It was this word called mighty God that set everything in motion for the, what's, what's to come. And the only reason that, that I trusted him because I knew he would do a great work in me if I just let him have me. And some of you need to hear that because you're fighting because you think you can do it better. And as I look back and I see Jesus' as a power was with work in me. And, and, and I know that he's working on me. He was changing me to have more faith in him. To have more trust in him. And not only to use my ability, but his ability in me. It changed everything. And then I was at my lowest point one day where I was on my knees literally at the street corner right here below us on 3rd and Main. It was a moment of clarity for me. I literally sit there for maybe 3 hours one moment. And I'm going to ask God, God, where do I go from here? What happens next? And when I was at my weakest moment, and when I was at my lowest moment, God whispered in my ear, "Look up, son." Just look up, because I was looking east, I was looking west, I was looking up third, down north. I mean, I was looking everywhere just for a place to call home, and I never looked up. But when I looked up, the loft on Maine came alive. When When I decided to look up and trusted him, It changed everything. It began to start working for me in a way that I never thought was possible. It changed me from the inside because I want you to see that Jesus' power can work in you and for you when you just look up. One of my heroes of faith is Paul, the Apostle Paul. He wrote a lot in the New Testament, and Paul had weaknesses as well. And he had a handicap, and he asked God to take it away. He asked God to take it away, not once, not twice, but actually three times. He just asked God to take it away. He's knocking on God's door. He's saying, take it away, take it away, take it away. And God responds to him in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. He says it this way. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in what's that word? Come on, church. That's too weak. That's too weak. Say it with me. What is it? He's made perfect in? Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Are you with me, guys? That is why, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness, in my insults, in my hardships, in my persecution, in my difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You serve a mighty God, guys. You serve a mighty God. You serve a mighty God because some of you are going through hardships. Some of you are going through persecutions. Some of you have been insulted this morning. Some of you are in weakness moments. But I'm telling you, when you start to literally boast in these things and turn it over to Christ, get ready for the mighty God to show up and show off. It's all depending upon your heart though. It's all changes when your heart changes towards the one who is at work. I'm telling you, serious he's just wanting to work on something because when you're weak he is strong the third point if you're taking notes as we finish this out jesus's power is at work through me it's through me now one of my favorite scriptures in college was acts verse chapter 1 verse 8 and it says but you will receive you will receive the power of the holy spirit when he comes upon you and you will be my what my witness telling people about me everywhere, telling people about what's going on in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. And I love this because the group that I was affiliated with in college, uh, my college year's mission, we we, we literally went everywhere. We went to China, Africa, uh, even on EKU's campus, we went everywhere. And now years later, here I am in missions following that same pattern of life to be devoted to one mighty God, and his name is Jesus Christ. We literally have the ends of the earth in front of us if we choose to change what we care about. And I believe we're going to get the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ, not just here, not just beyond these walls, but literally to the ends of the earth because there's some stories of life change happening right here, right now. And our mighty God is at work and he's gonna show off because some of you are weak and he is strong. And I want to tell you today that every one of you, if you are in Christ, if you're a Christ follower or you're a minister, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're just a teacher, or whether you have a business or you're an employee or whether you're an athlete or whatever you do, if you're a follower of Christ, you are literally a minister of the gospel. And Jesus' power is available to you to work through you if you would just step out of faith and start to share your story where you work, live, and play because Jesus' power works through you when you are weak and he is strong. You may be thinking there's no way your story can be used. Your story is not good enough. Or maybe you're thinking your story is full of sin and there's no way I can share it. I'm telling you, we serve a mighty God we serve a mighty God and we have been talking about this Gibber Gibberel now for the past 30 minutes and whose name is Jesus. 2,000 years ago, he chose, Jesus chose 12 ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors, men that had nothing to do with the world's eyes of religion. They weren't Pharisees or Sadducees. They, were, they, were, they weren't uh, spiritual leaders by all means, and he took those 12 ordinary people, and when he unleashed his power of, of Christ in them, it started to change them from the inside out. It worked through them. It worked for them, and it worked with them, and they did extraordinary things, and they changed the world as we knew it because they had a changed lives that now change lives. I'm telling you guys, it all starts with your heart. And let me say it this way. His name, his name, or he is the name. We can say it this way. He is the name that has the power you need or I need today. He is the name that has the power that I need and you need to change the world. And it all starts with this right here. This heartbeat of turning towards him. Think about how much more we can do in our lives and here in church. We're just simple people, ordinary people, yet we allow Jesus' power to begin to start to work in us, start to change us, to make us more like Him. He is Jesus, the name that has power that you need and I need to change the world. But first, we have to change what we care about through this one simple motion. It's not more head knowledge, it's actually more heart knowledge. When we won't allow Jesus, Jesus' power to work for us, to heal us, it it, it brings signs and wonders and miracles. We are actually breaking the heart of God because he wants and desires to let Jesus' power work through us and to do extraordinary things through us. Think about it. What if Mary said no? Nothing would have been started And no heartbeat would ever have begun. Now you can go back and start to question that theologically. That's fine. But I want you just to think about this. Just like God, the power of love did use Mary and work through her to tell a story. And of an ordinary girl who found favor from God. And was told by angels she would give birth to a mighty God. God, and she was told by angels his name would be Jesus, it's recorded in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us, and when that happened, when that first moment happened, it sounded like this. You see, the power of the heart is where it all starts. God so loved this world that he sent his one and only son. Because he first loved you. He first loved me. So he could literally have a heartbeat around the world. The question that I have today is where is your heart? Do you know how mighty of a God that just is sitting right here in front of you? That just wants to live life with you, to do things for you, to be your mighty protector? Do you know what we're talking about here? A mighty God who came in the form of a baby. And it all started with a simple heartbeat. Where's your heartbeat today? Is it aligned with the mighty God? Because if not, maybe you need to start thinking about this. Because he first loved you in a mighty way to send his one and only son. In a mighty way. In a way that some people call it lies in a way that we sometimes don't even recognize because the story seems so crazy that a virgin, your birth. I'm telling you, it's a mighty story that can change the world as we know it if your heartbeat aligns with his because he can use you to start to change lives and those lives will be changed forever. But it all begins when you decide to say, mighty God, my Lord and Savior, not here, not just here, but here. And it starts to change you from the inside out. And when that moment happens, get ready. You better believe bells ring. Man, this angels celebrate. They celebrate because great, is your name Lord you are a mighty God and you are mighty to save and I'm telling you today if you don't know that I pray the Holy Spirit is a present here and working on you because it's not my words that are doing this it's his and I just pray you start to move in a way that just simply responds in a way that literally can start to have a heartbeat for Christ for the very first time and maybe you're just in that moment it's just tough and I get that maybe this is the moment for you to start to say okay God I surrender I've done this all on my own and I know who you are but I haven't gone all in yet may my heartbeat be with yours and maybe you just need to experience God this morning great is your name Lord maybe you need to hear that that's the message that you needed to hear today. How mighty God is. Gibberell. Ah. Just breathe it in and ah. And know He is here. He is here. Just waiting for your heart to align. So, Jesus, today, I just pray that. I pray that hearts align in a way that allows us to experience you more. May we sing a song here in a moment that just allows us to grow closer to you, but more importantly, may our hearts come alive for the very first time and we can literally experience a mighty God. God, that's my prayer, that Christmas is no longer just about Buddy the Elf, a wonderful life, home alone, but literally about you. Because your name is great. It changes people's hearts. It changes the world as it has done for 2,000 years. It brings hope to the hopeless. It brings dark, light to the darkness. And more importantly, it brings love to those who have never experienced it. God, that is my prayer. And I know we have people right here setting on a rose that are just holding back that are doing everything that they can not to just open their hearts. And that breaks the heart of you, God. Because they know. They know that their heart is not in love. And so I'm praying that your spirit moves in a way that just moves them. It moves them to experience what it feels like for a heartbeat to come alive for the very first time. It might sound awkward, just like that ultrasound, boom, boom, boom. But that's okay. We might stumble and fall, but in in our weakness, we are strong because you now have our heart, God. Jesus, that's my prayer that you have our hearts, so we can experience Christmas for the first time. Christ, you're a must.